Thessalonians. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letters from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Christ be Messiah. Let no man, let no man deceive you. Underline that word deceive. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except they come a falling away. First, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalt himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, said he as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. My Lord, that's very proud. Remember ye not, when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth, but he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken away. And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. What was that? With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Notice here that they should believe a lie. Mm. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Through sanctification, I mean, to the part of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which have been taught, whether by word or by epistles. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. You may be seated. My title tonight is World War Three. That's my title. Now what's amazing the way Paul wrote to these Christian churches in his day, it almost seemed to them as if Christ is coming tonight. That's the way he projected his writings. 
it almost looked like, hey, Christ is coming tonight. Right now is about to come. It got so believed that some people in Thessalonica even quit working. And they wouldn't work. They say, why bother? On the day of Pentecost, it was so strongly believed that they start selling their goods. They sell all that they own, everything they own, and give it away. And we're expecting tomorrow Christ would come. Because that was the thing on the, the mind of the apostles at the Mount of Olives in Acts 1. They quizzed the Lord and said with Q&A, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel right now? And he just sidestepped and said, look, it's none of your business right now to know that. Just go out there and work for me and get the job done. He says, occupy till I come. Now, when you tell a child, I'm coming back soon, your child don't expect you to go away for six years. They think you went shopping and you'll be back in five minutes. Is that right? And that's exactly how the church mentality was. They thought Christ went shopping and will come back in about a few days. Well, they waited and waited and waited, and they all start dying. And they said, just a minute. Is he coming or not? Where is he? And then some people came with a new doctrine. They were actually confusing when Christ raised from the dead, and the grave opened, and some folks came alive and walked into the city. They began to teach that the resurrection was passed. And overthrew the faith of a lot of people. Because your faith and mine lie in one thing. Jesus is coming back. If he doesn't come back, then you're, you have no hope. Our hope is the, is the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Now, he gave us no date, no time, but seasons he gave. And Paul is saying to this church, I told you before, and I'm telling you again, that that day will not come except some prefaces take place. Some things have got to happen before Christ can return. He's bound by His Word. You and I can't break God's teaching and expect God to answer you in prayer. He's just not going to do it. You know, the Holy Ghost is given to them that obeys Him. Right? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And you can't please God without faith. And so you can't expect God when you pray, well, God dares my prayer. Well, check out what you're doing. Check out what you're saying. Maybe he didn't answer you, didn't realize it. Maybe he said no. <laughs> and no mean no. Well, you know, I'm going to talk to you about the second thing here. There's a guy called Balaam. Balaam is an example. The first thing I want to tell you right now, we are in the age of deception. People are deceiving and being deceived. Jesus spent a lot of time in Matthew 24 talking to the 12, and in fact the 11, because one of them walked away, that, look, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Deception is, I'm showing you this, or some magician where the hands are faster than the eye, and things appear and disappear, and you say, oh, my, how did it happen? Well, nothing disappeared, and nothing reappeared. It's just a sleight of hands. And you didn't see it quick enough. And he's sharper than you are, so he tricked you. And it looked like a magic. Now, we've gone to places, and I come to your table, 
and do the little game with cards and a lot of stuff and the dove came. He can't do it. If he could, he'd be a multi-billionaire. And he's not. He just got you tricked. He learned those tricks. All right? Now, deception. Jesus said something that this week really came to my mind. And I think we missed it. He said, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, as in the days of Sodom, so shall it be. The subliminal message is this. It's now. History repeats itself. That's profound. It happened before. We are not new to what we're doing. It happened before. In other words, our nation really, if they take the time and look back in history, they're going to realize that we're just rerouting, we walk in the steps of those before us. And that was what Jesus wants to know. Now, let me spread deception to you. Before there's a war, World War III, it will only happen because deception took place. Somebody got deceived and believed a lie. And that lie put the world in conflagration and cataclysmic activity, which will cost the world one-third of its population to I mean, two-thirds to be dead. Now, if you look at Adam and Eve, the devil went there and deceived them. It says, Adam was not deceived. It says, Eve was. But Adam went along with a deception. So he had truth, knew it, but willfully did the wrong thing. Eve had truth, didn't realize it was truth, and God sinned and went the wrong direction. Adam knew she was wrong. Adam went with her, and they both got kicked out. But one got delusioned, and one was willful of sin. Now, there's quite a difference between a revelation and delusion. A, a delusion can look like a revelation, because the sources are the same. God said, I will send strong delusion to somebody to whom truth is revealed but they just don't love that truth revealed. Just said they rejected. He said they didn't love it. They didn't love the truth. God said, and I will choose their delusion. Now, if the devil does it, God can take it off us. But if God send you delusion and choose delusion, I want to see you take it off. You just can't take it off. For example, Pharaoh. Paul wrote about Pharaoh in the book of Romans. and said, well, well, Pharaoh had no choice. Yes, he had a choice. God said, I know Pharaoh. He will not listen to you. He will harden his heart first, and then I will harden his heart. Well, this first step. First, you're the truth. Let them go. He says, who is the Lord? I don't know him. I will not let him go. And God said, now, Moses, I will harden his heart. In other words, I don't care what you say to him. He's not going to listen to you. Because I won't make him listen to you. I'm going to believe that he is God. I'm going to believe that he is what he said he is, but he's not then. So Pharaoh now cannot get out of that situation, and he's going to end up drowning like the rest of the people. Because God said, I plan to destroy him. 
God locked him into deception. But struck with him. Not loving the truth that Moses gave him. And so God said, Now I will harden him. Read for yourself. He said, Pharaoh will not. He will harden himself, and then I will harden him. Another example. Look at Balaam. Balak hired a man to curse Israel. He said, Curse those people. And so they said, We well, notice when you prophesy, it comes to pass. And I don't like those people. I want you to kill them for me. <laughs> prophesied curses on them. So he got hired, and he went to prophesy. And God, while he's praying, God said, Where are you going, Balaam? He said, Well, these guys come and call me to do some work for them. God said, what do they want you to do? He says, curse those people. God says, you can't curse them. They're mine. I don't want you to curse those people. Because they belong to me. Don't go. So he went and told those visitors, sorry, I can't do it because God, listen now, it always says, God will not let me go. What's the message? I want to go. But God will not let me go. So you the message? And so he went back to and said, But I'll go pray again. After God told him, You're not supposed to go. Why do you want to pray again? Over what? God told you what to do. Do what God says. So he said, I'm going to go pray again. So he went to pray. Now, that's where his promise started now. He started praying again. And I said, Well, God, oh God, oh, i got his help to do. And God says, Go. And so he stepped out to go. Notice though, God told him what? Go. And he stepped on his, out of his house, jumped on that beast, going, and God stood up before him with a sword. He said, if you cross my path, I'm going to kill you on the spot. That's kind of strange, isn't it? You told him, go, you're going to kill him? And so the donkey won't let him go. And he's beating on the donkey, and the donkey starts speaking. He says, what's wrong with you, Master? I've served you all these years. The donkey's speaking. Uh, and the guy's talking back to the donkey. That's <laughs> so how mad and crazy the guy was. <laughs> I'm in a conversation with the donkey. So <laughs> if I can sort of kill you. He said, what for? What have I done? I'm not being faithful to you all these years. Look, man, there's an angel out there trying to kill us. <laughs> God opened his eyes. He said, oh, God, I didn't see you. Well, the donkey talked to you. Now, does God couldn't talk to him. The donkey couldn't talk to him. The donkey spoke truth. Don't go. Balaam, God said, what are you going to do now, Balaam? He said, I'm going to go home. Okay? God said, okay, go home. And he prayed. God says, go. Now, God told him to go twice. And God does not mean any of those goals. But that's what he wanted to do. He didn't love truth. And so God let him go. And when he go, opened his mouth and got a curse, he got And five times he brought blessings and couldn't say anything different. And then slapped him and said, listen to me here. We brought you here to curse, not to bless. He said, what can I do? I can't do anything more than what God let me do. First of all, you shouldn't be there. God told you not to be there. You insist on going. 
and they'll not tell you what to say, and you're apologizing for God. There used to be a man that's setting up for problems. Hello. And then he came with a scheme. He said, you know, I can't do it. Man, I can keep your money. I just can't do it. But tell you what he can do. You can destroy those people by letting them destroy themselves. How? He said, well, how do you do that? Well, here's how you do that. Let God's people leave their domain, go down to the Boabites, mingle their boys and girls together, let the girls and the boys get in sexual attraction and, and love and intimacy and, and, and carry on, and they're not supposed to. God's people know they're not supposed to. The heathen don't know they're not supposed to, but God's people know the truth. And so God's people still go down there and, and join their sacrifice, eat their sacrifice, and commit abomination, and then thousands die. Thousands die. Why? Because of Balaam's advice. That's why he's still ministering in Revelation in the seven churches. The influence of Balaam is still with us. There are people that know the truth and still commingle with the enemy and are doing things that they should be doing. Now, it's all strong delusion. Now, you know what happened to Balaam? Anybody know what happened to Balaam? Well, when Israel got stronger and converted, they had a war. And guess who got killed with the Midianites? Balaam! They killed him as if he was not one that known God. He died because he did not love truth. That's why we cannot commingle with false prophets. We cannot cohabit with them. We can't do it. You may do it, but you just do what Balaam did. You're going to end up the same because history repeats itself. The remedy is going to still be the same. The end result is going to still be the same. No matter what you do, it will still be the same because God does not change. Hello. God does not change. All right? So, it's an example of delusion. Let me show you what delusion looks like. You go down to Israel. There's a guy called Ahab. Ahab had an idea. Now, Ahab is backslidden, you understand? Ahab is backslidden real bad because of the girl he married. He married a girl that shouldn't have married. And she just messed him up. She called Jezebel. And she gave him wrong advice all the time. And he followed it. But he knows the truth. Because when prophecy comes to him, and, he, and, and his heel get hot, he repents. She won't, but he does. But she keeps messing him up. The Bible says she's struggling for evil. And now he wants to do something, and two men of God told him no. Elijah says no. Micah said no. And in both cases, he told them both, I hate you both. <laughs> Why? Because you don't prophesy what I want you to say about me. You're saying the wrong thing to me. I want you to tell me what I want to hear. And so God is watching him, hating Elijah, resisting uh, Micah, putting him in jail, slapping him and mistreating him. And God called a meeting in heaven and said, Well, come on, boys, come together here. Who will go down and lie to Ahab? Number no, World War Three will start. Because of deception. It would be a lie. When this world no longer have a love for truth, lies takes over. Hello? And God will send it to them. Well, all the angels came by and said things, and obviously they can't lie because they're holy. 
They said, guess who came? The one with 30 angels that fall apart. They said, we'll volunteer. We'll go down. And, and God said, what will you do when you get there? Well, well, we'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets, 850 of them. And we will tell him what he wants to hear so he can go, well, these angels know they're lost already. They cannot be saved. They're just spoilers. God says, go and, notice, prevail. You know what happened? You know what happened? The angel went down and spoke to all those prophets. And I believe those prophets believe every word they said. But they're already false. Because these are Israeli priests that forsook truth and serve what? Baal. They don't love truth. So God have no protection for them. The edge is broken down. God said, go do what you want to do, boys. And now you're open season to any devil that there is. It's like when a person backslide. Seven more spirits come. I mean, they're going to But if you're a backslider, the devil can't do it. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They can't get in there. But if it's empty, you'll be flooded <laughs> with seven more spirits. And your end result will be worse than your beginning. Bible says. Now, so here it is. The spirit came down. And they cough up, cough up these guys, and they all marched and said, Go to Raymond, going to prosper. That's what he wanted to hear. He said, Now, Josephat, do you hear that? But Josephat knows the truth. But hang around people that don't have and love truth. For the sake of a political correctness. Hello? Now, the one that knows the truth said, This is no son, right? God, and you hear falsehood, you know. If your kids love truth, they will know it. There are some things they won't watch. There are things they won't listen to. There are places they won't go if they want to be of God. But if they want to be of the devil, they're going to open up their feet. Hello? If you don't resist the devil, you will take over. You've got to resist him, otherwise you become possessed by devils. And you can become anybody. I think if you're a child or an adult, you'll take over your body and ruin your life. So you got to fight them and say, no! And put your foot down. But if you just let them in, right? You don't want to be a passenger. You want to be the driver of your life. And so what happened? <laughs> Joseph had said, here's a good man in bad company. <laughs> that little son right to me. Don't you have a man of God somewhere? What did he say? Those guys don't sound like men of God to me. And he's right. He's a good man in a bad place. He's in bad, bad company. And the idea was to go to war. Hello? And he hear the call, the clearing call, go to war. We said, that's none of God. No, I can't do that. That don't sound right to me. There's something wrong here. He said, do you know anybody who knows God? <laughs> what do you mean those guys don't know God? There are 400 of them. Sure, one of them know God. No, no, no. Do you know anybody who knows Jehovah God, I mean? Oh, I know one guy, but I hate him. Get him. Well, I'm not coming. Hello? So, they got him. Now, here are these messengers to the man of 
the man of God. Hey, prison life is not very nice, is it? <laughs> you keep me at the king's table, don't you know that? And uh, I tell you what, everybody told the king it's okay to go to Rahab. Let your voice join theirs. And you won't have to come back to prison. You'll get out of here. You understand that? Just join them. Be a part of them. Be ecumenical. Be, be engulfed. You know, be taken in by them. It'll be all right. You can get out of jail. He said, oh, yes, for sure. What did they say? They said, go up to him again. He said, okay, I'll do it. Fine. So now he's deceiving them now. He's playing with the scepter. So the king says, here he is in chain. Well, well, what should I do? <laughs> Micah started mocking him. Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Why don't you tell me the truth? <laughs> he said the same thing and called a lie <laughs> when the true prophet spoke to him. Huh? But except the others. For the first time, it was right. He just heard a lie. The guy said, How did I just saw heaven open? And I saw God sitting on the throne and angels on both sides. And God said, who will go down and convince Ahab to do what he determined to do, even though I told him not to? And the lying spirit says, I'll go down. And be a lying spirit in one of his prophets. Boy, when he said that, the king slapped him and the prophet slapped him. He said, put him back in jail. <laughs> and while they're dragging him out to the jail, the Bible says that uh, Micah, Turn his head and say, Hey, king, if you come back alive, then I know God didn't talk to me. Wow. What would you do? Ahab believed. He knew he was right. But he was bent on doing what he wanted to do. And see what he did? He disguised himself that the prophecy may not be fulfilled. Hello? And God, now God told... God told the enemy, don't fight anybody else but the leader of Samaria. His name is Caleb. And I'll help you do it. <laughs> now, church, guess what happened? You know what happened? It looked like he was getting off the hook and running into battle, and a guy running for his life from the enemy's side and just kept on running. Now, this poor guy, up to this day, doesn't know he was an instrument of God to carry the will of God. Father arrow, and the arrow went up like a, like a missile, like a drone missile, and found the man and hit him right in the fifth rib, and he died. And the dog licked his blood like Elijah said. Hello? And he died like Micah predicted. Strong delusion. Men go to battle. Fought. And lost. And I can give you one example. I can tell you about other Athenians. Bad boys who know the truth, wouldn't do it right, didn't love it, and they worship Baal. Took the ark, and God handled them with delusion. And God told the Philistines, fight like a champion, and don't let Israel reign over you. 
and they whipped Israel bad. Hello? And took away the ark. Now, my point is, I'm trying to show you delusion, how it worked. It happened before. It's going to happen again and again and again until God come and put things in divine order on earth. Now, if that's true, God said, I'll choose their delusion and send them a strong delusion that they believe a lie. What if one of the nations of the world with nuclear weapon had a fright, an anxiety attack, and they believe a missile is coming towards them? You see, it can never happen. You don't know what you're talking about. When God speaks, it's performed. When God tells the king, you eat grass like an ox, that's what he eats. When God says, you declare war and push that button, he'll push that button. I don't care how much peace treaty they sign. I'm going to show you. It's already predetermined. It's established. And we can't change it. Frightening. Concerned? Yes, but not confused. Are you with me? Now, I'm not caught by the news of the world. I'm sticking with the roadmap, the Bible. It is pre-history written in advance for us to know what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, by the Word of God, that delusion is going to be the thing of the last day that control Nations, families, husbands, wives, governments, singles, you name it. The whole world is the seed and lies in wickedness. And just a few knows the way. Now, we're going to find here in the Bible, in Second Thessalonians 2, that God said there's a character. It's either a man or a sister. But I says a man, a man of sin. He's coming. And he will have the success that people are going to claim he is what? God! He says they're going to believe that he is God because behind him will be all the satanic forces plus he has a support of God to do what he's going to do. That they all might be what? Damned! And, Romans chapter 1, God said, because they have the love for truth, God hand them over to what? Reprobate, what it says? Reprobate mind to do things that are not convenient. Alright? Let me show some things here. That I want to look at here. Our age of deception in Daniel chapter 11, 27. Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, In my day, which is today, there will be a cry for peace and safety between the nations of the world. And because of the last two wars they fought, they know the extent and the price they paid. And this one going to be the worst ever on the face of the earth. Since man, there'll never be another like it. So all those who have some inkling of humanity left are going to cry peace and safety. Now, 
If you don't understand this, in the, in the book of Daniel, it says the lion had what? Eagle's wing, and a human heart was given to it. That means that lion have empathic belief. But the entire kingdom of the world will not be humanitarian. Some will be gross and have a desire to kill and murder and slaughter. Now, animals don't have a human heart, so it kills on the spot. But if this lion have a human heart, then this lion are going to put humanitarian into a perspective when they have to a fight, but the rest won't. I'm going to show it to you in a minute here. In your Bible, it says in Daniel 11, 27, that both these kings' heart shall be to do mischief. And I can gladly say today, the West and the Russian Empire are the, are the West and Mohammedism are the West and the East. You name it, that's what they're doing. They're not telling truth. At their peace table, it's lies. Not one peace treaty has been kept. Not one. Thirty wars are taking place right now around the world. But they're all regional wars. I'm talking about global war where you can't see where you're sitting right now and the building can't have the lights on like we have on right now because by government martial law you can't have it on. And your rights are suspended and martial law takes over. So human rights cease to exist. We have human rights now, but when martial law comes, you don't have any rights. It's military rights. So you're blessed right now and you've got to realize that. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. So we're losing our human rights slowly but surely. Now it says, And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Now, can't you guys write that down in your mind? And if you don't believe me, go search all the books you want to, all the priesthood they are. And right as I speak, the world looking for a peace treaty to stop the exchange of nuclear weapons, arsenal. And they're all both lying. There's no detente. There's no downsizing. All they do is scrap what they don't want. <laughs> but what they do want, they hide in clandestine activity. The United is having fun like we always do, like the kings in Babylon did, till the Mesa the Persian came by night and took over the world back then going to happen again? Hello? Hello? These kings are going to be responsible for World Three. The little horn in Daniel 7, which is the same person called the man of sin in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, which is the same kingdom and person in Revelation 13. And his power comes from the dragon. Amen? Chapter 12 of Revelation. And he gave all his authority to this person whom everybody going to call God, who sit in the place of God. We have Canadian idols, American idols. What does that mean? Those are gods. But there's coming somebody, God said, and He will allow it, who will have all the power that was given to Satan released on the earth. That's more powerful than a nuclear weapon. 
Because angels are mightier than men. We were made a little lower than angels, so we can't come up with no weapon that can match theirs. And they don't need no oil and gas to release what they can do. They can stretch their hand and blind you just like that. You can't do that. Are you with me? Now, so it's going to be deception that caused the forces to collide. Afghanistan, World War II, and all the little wars around the world. Every one of them peace treaty and all the earth are just miniatures of something to come. They're the beginning of sorrow. Now, we see deception in Israel. It happened several times. How many peace treaties have Israel signed since World War II? And how many of them brought peace? None. Not with the Arabs, not with the Egyptians, not with Jordan, and not with the United States coming up and the world. Or Islamic forces. Or any forces for that matter. They cannot have peace without the Prince of Peace. But they will have people who will compromise the truth for a pseudo-peace. For land. Peace for land. Peace for safety. Peace for prosperity. And we know you can search history and find not one of them work. They tell lies every time. It's not worth the papers written on the, the, the covenant. They break the covenant. And there's one covenant which will be the ultimate covenant down there in 27, which they will break in the middle of the week, middle of a seven-year period. We have no idea when that seven-year period is going to start, but when it does happen, you'll know it happened, and things are going to happen, and they're going to say peace and safety, then God said sudden destruction. Sudden destruction means unaware. No reason for it to happen. Like the plane that disappeared. There was a sudden happening. Nobody expected it. It happened once and it's gone. Or 9-11. It was sudden. Nobody expected it. It just happened. Out of the blue, it happened. Nobody was prepared for it. Now, there's a worse cataclysmic coming upon the world. And I can understand that through Scripture. All right? So, deception of Israel is guaranteed. She will be deceived. No question about it. All right? I don't care how smart she is. And then we read about the nations of the earth will be deceived. If it turn to Revelation 20, verse 3, 8, and 20. Everything must start with deception. Everything must start with deception. In other words, they believe a lie that they may be damned. God is turning them over to pseudo-thinking, reprobate mind. Believing they're all-powerful, all-able, like Pharaoh did, Huh? Pharaoh discovered eventually he was not a god. And he was not as secure as he thought he was. And God broke the back of his country, his economy, and his power. And God said he will cease to exist as a world power. He never recovered. God said the same about Babylon, chapter 17 and 18. That religious sorcery that is so strong. And so she'll never see uh, destruction. Well, God says he will. But she deceived to believe it never going to happen. I'm going to blow you away now. Ready for it? I believe the doctrine of the Trinity did not come from God. It came from the devil. I'll tell you why. We confess there's God the Father. We confess that there is a Son of God. We confess that there is a Holy Ghost. 
And we tell you, these three are one person. When I said three are one person, I mean, Jesus Christ, He is the Father of creation. He is the Son, which is God, which is the Spirit, become flesh, dwelt among us. And then when He's in us, He's in us as God, right? We call Him the Holy Ghost. Not God the Holy Ghost, but it's God in us, Christ in us, which is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is called the Spirit of the Highest. So we cannot call God the Father first, and Jesus Christ God the Son the second, and the Holy Ghost God the third, because I said the Holy Ghost is the highest, the Spirit of the highest. So the highest can't be third. And by the way, and Christ can't say He's of all power, and He's almighty, and be second place. And then God can't say, beside me there's no other God, because there's two more beside him, and he's lying. So they got a wrong understanding, and it could be that understanding is a strong delusion that came from the Nicene Council. Who, when they knew God, glorified him not as God, but changed the truth of God into a lie, and gave you a doctrine called the doctrine of the Trinity, which has not been occurring in the Bible. And they confuse, right, the word God, Son of God, and the Holy Ghost into their man-made doctrine. That's a lie also. And they believe that. But here's, here's the problem. If they believe that and practice that, they will not be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So they will never be saved. They're going to die lost. Here's how they're going to die lost. Because Acts 4.12 says, there is salvation in no other name. His Father's a name. It's still lesser than the name Jesus Christ. Hello? If Son is a name, it's lesser than the name Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If Holy Ghost is a name, because God has highly exalted that name above every name that's named in heaven or on earth. So they're going to go to hell when they lost, when they die. You say, how do you know that? I don't need to know that, but I'm telling you what it says in the Bible. Well, the separation comes, they don't have his name, and they'll be lost. Because they believe a lie that they all might be damned. Now, I know it's not popular, but that's the truth. All right? So we know in chapter 20, verse 3, 8 and 20, it says, The devil deceived the whole world. We read it says that's one two, verse eight to fourteen. The wicked one will deceive the world with all signs and wonders. That's why you're not to let false preachers pray for you. Or any cultic person with their hands on you. Or sit out of their ministry. You will be messed up by false spirits. Alright? Now the devil deceived the world. Right? And the false prophet did too. In chapter 13. Now, I'm telling you because it's true. And what's me? Look at this right here. I'm going to tell you tonight that I don't chase what's on internet called the blood moon situation. And here's why I don't chase it. God said we must not be amazed by the what? The signs in the what? In the heaven that the heathens do. 
Who used to do that? The Colossians used to do that. Stargazers, moon gazers. The Bible says that, didn't it not? So don't you do that. That's what cults do. The heavens have no message for you. The Word of God does. To learn about God, this says, Church of Sky, for any, and if you think you have eternal life. Did he say that? No. No. He gave a sign of his coming in agriculture. Hello? He said, I'm going to deal with you with earthly things, because if I tell you heavenly things, you will not even understand. So God talked about down to earth things fig trees, wheat. Cares. Huh? So don't gaze in the sky for an answer. That's what the cultic people do. Hello? Moon gazer, star gazer, Ezekiel is full of them. I don't look up there. Now these preachers, why would God tell them and not tell us? If your father. Why would you tell your strangers very, very intimate things to strangers that you won't tell to your family? Somebody's worried about you. Hello? Now, in Jeremiah 31, 35, God has said this, that if you can dissolve the ordinances of heaven, or count the stars in heaven, or number the sound of the seashore, or cause the seas that he told Noah that will not cease to exist. He said, if you can stop those, then Israel will cease to be a nation. And I'll cease to have covenant with them. On that basis, it doesn't matter who threatened the nation of Israel. You know it can never what? Happen. World War II could not make an extinct people. He could not, by genocide, wipe them out. He could kill thousands and millions, but he never could kill the royal seed. The seed is preserved in the heaven because of this prophetic promise, church. Look it up. Here's it on the board there. God said, the earth and the moon and the stars, for the light by day and so on. He said, the Lord. Next verse, please. Go on, please. If those artists depart from before me, the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall cease to exist. As a nation. So why are preachers concerned about what some Middle Eastern country threatened? Why is Israel worried about that threat that someone will wipe them off the bat? Nonsense. Never can happen. Never will happen. I don't hear no amen. Because Jeremiah 31, 36 says, It can never happen. Why is the U.N. all worried about that statement? We're going to wipe them off the map. It's just empty talk. It's a line with our teeth talking. Roaring because you got no teeth. It's curious. We can't do a thing. Next verse. Thus said the Lord, if the heaven above can be measured. Folks, you better write that down. You need to remember this. Can we talk to Islamic people? They, they don't know this exists. But said the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured, and the foundation of the earth search out beneath, I will cast off the seed of Israel for all that they have done, said the Lord. In other words, 
we the church does not replace Israel. It's a lie. I don't care who preaches. It's a lie. We can never replace Israel. Not with that scripture right there. <coughs> She'll always be a distinct nation. Next verse. Behold, the days come, to the Lord, that the city shall be built to the Lord, the tower of Hanion, on the gate of the corner. If you read this, man, you're going to talk about Jerusalem. So you write that down. So don't you worry about what the news reporters say. Certain things can never happen. And there are definite events that will take place no matter how the weather looks. Now, Ezekiel 32 verse 7. This has not yet happened with the moon. Alright? And when I shall put thee out, I'll cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I'll cover the sun with a cloud and the moon shall not give her light. That has not yet happened. That happened in the book of Revelation when the seals and the vows are what? Released. Are you with me? It won't be a nuclear weapon that does that with God turning the moon off and the sun off. Hello? Can I tell when Israel will cease to be the exist nation in the world after this world? Because there will be no more sun, there will be no more moon, and no more stars. Because the Lord Himself should be the light thereof. In that day, there won't be a nation of Israel. There will be one kingdom, the kingdom of God. Pastor Neal got it right. Pastor Neal is on target. I don't care what CNN says or NNC says. I know the BIB says. <clears throat> now, Joel 2.31. There's coming a day before Christ come when the moon will turn into what? Blood. Turn there. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord, it's going to happen. When the moon shall be turned in, didn't say how freaking it will be. It just says it will be. You know why? Because all the elements are going to turn off, and the only light that's going to shine that day will be His light. When He starts shining, every light turns off. Way down the cross at midday became midnight. Didn't they not? All right. Acts two twenty. Look at this again. The apostle Peter near Pentecost repeated that prophecy. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the great notable day of the Lord. It says the moon into blood. I said blood. I mean blood. Not just looking red. I mean blood. What's the blood? This said, look like blood said, turn into blood. <laughs> and Revelation 6.12 says what? Am I in the book? Turn there, please. I told some of them that they said, look, this is a Bible-believing church. We take pride in fashioning this church after the apostolic doctrine and practice and behavior. We don't care what the church world out there says or does. 
And we are not there to please the populist belief. We are going to reproduce the biblical performance. We're going to enact the whole thing. Right? All right. That's what the church in Thessalonica did. They were a replication of the church in Jerusalem. Stay with me, folks. Chapter 6 and verse 12. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal. The sixth seal is the most dangerous one. And there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. That's when Christ showed up. If you read on some more next verse over, it tells you, And the kings of the earth start running, till the stars start falling off the earth, from the sky to the earth, and the captain of the men that start crying, and the dens and rocks that hide us from him that come. Right? That means Christ is coming. Christ is what? He's coming. Visibly coming. When the whole world is in darkness and the only light shining is Him. Alright? So when will the moon turn dark? When Christ return. Proof? Matthew 24, 29. Now church, you must keep, you must become a walking Bible. A walking epistle. It must be in your head. It must be in your head. It must be in your head. Because that's what this is all about. You are an ambassador. You are on a mission. You may not know it. You're not just here to, get to please pastor. You may come by at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. No. Folks say, church, church, church. They don't understand who you are. They don't know you. If they known him, they have known you. And so they curse you and say, you're a church, 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 church. No, you don't. You understand. I am on duty. I'm on call. I'm on a mission. For this cause was I brought in this church. And for this purpose I'm here. And you don't understand it from me. It's... <laughs> oh my God. The king's business acquired hate. Purpose. I'm here on duty. It don't mean nothing to you. It's just a badge of skin to you. But to me, it's the glory of God. It says, Jesus says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of the heavens shall be what? Shall be what? Shall be shaken. All right. So we know that. Now, let's talk some things about history here. We understand that the term world war, of its origin from a German philosopher called Hernes Heckel. He was the first person to bring that term into existence. All right? And then the term first, in reference to World War, came in by another personage that, I guess I guess his name is called Charles Count uh, Reppington. Charles A. Count Reppington. He's the term first. So there's World War, came from the German uh, philosopher, and then a news reporter from the West called Charles Reppington, used the word first. And so then there's a second world war. Now, in September 14, history tells us that in September 14, the war started. I mean, so I'm sorry, I'm wrong about the dates there. It began in July 28, sorry, 1914. The first war was fought, and guess what? It lasted four years. They said it ended on the 11th of November, 1918, long before I was born. Started 1914 and end 1918. And then, back then, they thought that was a bad war. That's amazing. Four years of destruction. But it was not. I'm sure people in those days believed that was the end. 
I don't think so. They must have, because several million, billion people died. They said nine billion people died. That's a lot of people. I don't write the history. That's what history says. Nine billion people died in that war. All right? So, all the world's superpower were drawn into that war. In those days, it was United Kingdom, France, Russian Empire fighting against the Germans, the Austrians, and the Hungarians. They fought against each other. And look where they killed Nine billion. All right? All the imperial powers, they fought each other. Now, today, we are heading for World War III. But prior to World War III, there was a World War II. I've learned this much, that at the end of World War I, you think they would have learned. But here we have again Germany, Russians, and Austro-Hungarian, and Ottoman Empire. They came into existence, and they went out, and another one came into being. Now we have what we have today, Russia, Islam, who else? East and West, they call them. But I go back to the Bible to tell me, Who's going to fight them? But this is history for you. All right? Now, in 1939 to 1945, World War II broke out. They fought Germany, Italy, and Japan, fought France, Britain, United States, and Soviet Russia. All right? They said it was one of the largest war ever happened in the history of the earth as far as modern-day thinkers are concerned. Now, I know for a fact in Genesis, there was a war seemingly pretty as brutal as we know it today. Let's go to Genesis, please. The days of Lot. And with that war, when Abraham, when Abraham went down and fought for Lot. Do you remember that war? Chapter 14. The Battle of the Kings. The Battle of the Kings. It was what? East and West fighting. It's amazing. Nothing changed. Seven nations fighting five or six nations. Is that right? And where were they fighting? Right in the Middle East. Right in the slime pit. Slime pit mean what? Tarsan. Nothing have changed. Because in 1939, 1945, we see again Germany, Italy, and Japan fighting this part of the world. France, Britain, United States, and Russia. Okay? Caught the bloodiest war ever fought. As a result, they brought into existence what? The UN. To stop what? Wars. To bring peace. So they could talk. What are they doing right now? Talking right now that the skirmish in Russia don't spill over into a what? Another uncontrolled war. But if God called for war, what will happen? War will take place. Amen? All right. So, I notice here, from 1914 to 2014, is actually 100 years. I wonder how significant is that to the world? Is it? It might be. It may not be. 100 years since the wars. Amen. But it could be a repeat. We understand that in World War II, uh, atomic bombs were released on... Nagasaki, okay, and Hiroshima. They tell me uranium-235 was the first bomb dropped in August the 6th, and the second in August the 7th on Nagasaki, and they said, whoa, 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want no more war anymore on that level. And what's so amazing, they call that bomb, the nuclear bomb, the Trinity. What a name to call it, the Trinity. The one they dropped on uh, Hiroshima was titled, or coded name, the little boy. The one they dropped in Nagasaki, they call that the, the fat man. for all these things. Plutonium and uranium bombs dropping on people. These are nuclear uh, reactors turning to a weapon of war and hurting people. Alright? They said the fallout spread as far as a 30 mile radius contamination took place. We can never estimate what's going to happen in our world today if these men got crazy and started pushing buttons. But there's going to be a war that's going to attract God to stop it. Because Jesus Christ said that if he didn't come, no flesh would be saved. So the conflagration would be such that it had to bring God to stop men from destroying the earth. Because the Bible says God's going to come and destroy them that destroy the, the earth. So God said that they destroy the earth. Well, how could they do that with nuclear activity? Huh? They blow the heavens up? <laughs> they blow the earth up, blow the sea up. I'm told there are over 2,000 today nuclear tests conducted, all in the name of how to kill you quick. <laughs> can you imagine a neutron bomb? So they can drop it in Canada and not knock the building down to kill all people. 9 11, people couldn't breathe. The building remained standing, but people couldn't breathe. Their lungs were filled with garbage. They were choking to death. We go out through cold wars. We hear about them. Hello? We hear about them. Someone said over 250 major wars have happened around the world since World War II. Now, I don't know about all those wars because I was just a kid growing up. But I do know, if you turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1 to 5, we're living in the time frame when people are crying for peace and safety. Church, I feel an obligation to talk to you about this. I don't claim to be an expert, but I, I know enough to tell you it's time to look up. And don't be shook up. The Lord is coming. And it's coming into a world that's on fire. A world that's perilous, troubled. Our young kids are never going to live to see adulthood if the world carry on the way it is. Hello? What it says? When they cry peace and safety, comes what? Now, the key term is travail as the woman with child. What does that mean? The pain leading up to the cataclysm is going to be rapid and closer. Are you with me? Mothers, when you get your dilation taking place, you get also pain, right? At a different rate. You start distant, then you get more frequent, and then excruciating. Then something happened. God said that's how the pain will be felt by the world. Then we go to Matthew 24, 3 to 8. Because we know right now the United States, I mean United Nations, has got many peace initiative attempts. And they do not work because they tell lies at these tables. Is that right? They don't mean what they're saying. It's just words. And you and I are guinea pigs. Your, your economy is affected 
by the G7 and G8, what they call themselves. Right? It's amazing. G7 reminded me of the seven horns in the head of the ECM system. And why do they call themselves the bears and, and, <laughs> and the leopard? Why do they call themselves the lion and all, and all these names? Why? And yet those are biblical names of the end time. Kings of the earth are going to struggle together. Why do they call about the dragon? Who is the dragon? The great red dragon. Why are these names so prominent? Is it by mistake? Or is God trying to tell you and me that these are precursors of things to come? If you understand this, your job as an ambassador and witnessing should be intensified. Not lesser, but more. We got a mission. If you really believe that you belong to the kingdom of God, your job should be working for Christ. I mean, like you understand, like Noah, you're moving with, with fear and trembling. Right? Hello. He said in Matthew 24, verse 3 to 8, go to verse 4, please. He asked for signs. He said, Take you that no man deceive you. See that? No man deceive. Verse 5. Men will come in his name. They're going to lie using his name. But they undeceive many. It's happening right now. You have wars and rumors of war. Don't be troubled, for this thing must come to pass. For the end is not yet. Read on. For nations are against nations. And goes on. Famine, pestilence. These are happening. These are history now. These are happening every day. It's so prevalent that today it doesn't bother you anymore. This is common news. Verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Right? Now, we see precursors. There's wars, beginning of sorrows. Great tribulation is on its way. Right? Now, we see here. There's an unprecedented war coming in Matthew 24, 21. Go there. That war, Jesus says, never in the history of man, since creation, will there be a time as what's about to take place. Doesn't that mean something to you when it says, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape what's coming upon the earth? Don't Jesus know? He knows all things. Unprecedented. That's why we tell people to repent, get baptized in His name, be filled with the Holy Ghost, because it's prophesied. The summer will pass, the harvest will be over, and people will not be saved that should have and could have, but they delay and get locked out. Hello? Never before. But that's the same reading as Daniel 12. Look there, church, in verse 1 to 2. Never as before will there ever be. So World War One and Two is just miniatures to what's coming. We have power to kill and overkill. There'll be no winner in this war coming up. No winner. There won't be one winner. It's God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All the kingdoms shall topple. Every kingdom shall fall. All. And. There will be one kingdom and one world. That stone, carved the mountain, will knock that beast of empire of men down forever. What does it say there, folks? There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation to that time. And at that time, thy people shall be what? Who's thy people? Daniel's people shall be delivered 
Everyone that shall be found written in the book of life. You know how you get your name in the book of life? Repent of your sins. Get baptized in Jesus Christ's name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. That means you're born again. And God put your name in that book. If your name is on that book, my friend, you're without luck. You're out. You can't get in. You're out. As simple as that. So God says, Michael, the great prince, shall fight. Right? And there shall be a time of trouble as never as there was since nation, even to the time at that time. Joel talked about it. Joel talked about it in Joel 2, 30-31. Joel predict pillars of smoke, blood, and terrible things. Now show wonders in the heaven and the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Now that's the blood I believe in. The one God talked about. In other words, this is coming from the effect and the impact of war. Hello? Second Peter chapter 3. This is shocking. Go there and look at it. Verse 7 to 10. The elements, elements, how do we know what the periodic table is? Put your hand up, folks. Let's see those hands. The periodic table have atoms, molecules, huh? neutrons and protons, right? And to, to, to destroy those elements, how much heat do you need? Heat that you can't even imagine. That's what nuclear activity is. Trying to break up the nucleus of an atom. God said, the elements of the earth shall melt with fervent heat. I'm going to ask you a question. How do you know if you got locked out of the church and you're not in the church triumphant, are you going to survive all this? I don't think you will. Because the atmosphere will be contaminated. And the wind will blow. I don't care if it happened in Russia. It will come over to North America. Wind blown. you got to breathe that in, honey. <laughs> you know, they, they try to vaccinate you against disease, but they can't do it all. In those days, there will be no help from anybody because everybody's trying to run to the rock to be hidden. And the rock going to talk back to them and say, Hey, I need a hiding place also. Men build underground tunnel, but James says it's not going to work. James says it will be cankered by nuclear activity. <coughs> I'm not an alarmist. I'm telling you what the Bible says. It said, Let's praise the Lord. Clap your hand to Jesus right now. I'm telling you the truth. Now, mark this down in your calendar. In Zechariah 14. The nations of the earth are going to invade Israel over the land of Palestine. You don't believe it? Zechariah 12 and 14 predicted that. I don't care how many weapons Israel have, it's going to happen. I will gather all nations. I said, I will. Amen. One with the devil. I said, I will gather all nations against Israel. That means the United States and Canada, everybody else. Zechariah 12. 12 and 14. Read for yourself. And then, did you know, in the news today, Russia is coming against Crimea, uh, uh, that country, Ukraine, right now, right now. But, that's not a real issue. Here's a real issue. Ezekiel 38. Please go there, church. I want you to know where this is so you can talk to people. Would you believe everything I'm telling you Paul told the church in Thessalonica? 
That's why he said, you don't need me to tell you about the seasons, because I've already told you that. Now, I'm telling you what he told them. He had the revelation from the law, the prophet of the Psalms, that these things must need be before Christ can come. So, if these things don't happen, Christ can never come the second time. And nothing will stop him from coming. So you can tell this world is earmarked as an appointment with destiny. That's why you need to get off it while you can. Ezekiel 38, 39. Now, church, I want you to read that for yourself. Someday we'll go through this together. 38, 39. But this is the invasion of Israel. Listen to me. In chapter 37, you have lived and you've seen this happen where Jacob is no longer two nations. Jeroboam and Rehoboam split Israel into two. It got back together in 1948. You saw Ezekiel fulfill. 37. One nation, one leadership, one kingdom, one power. What they don't have, they're a mighty army, but they have not the spirit. They will get the Spirit in the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation, where Moses and Elijah are going to bring them back to God, and God will pour upon them the Spirit of grace. And they will look upon me, God says, whom they have pierced, and know who he is. Now, church, all you that are going through hard times and tribulation in your life experience, this should really give you hope, because this is God taking revenge. All those times you couldn't slap those cheeks that are bothering you, this is when he's going to come and slap cheeks for you. Amen. And kick those who kicked you. That's right. Now, here's what's going to happen. God said that they shall not divide up his land, but they did. Is that right? If you read chapter 14, you'll read that Jerusalem will be recaptured one last time. And they will divide the land up. And the Antichrist will put his throne right there and claim he's God. So the big bear, which is Russia, is going to invade from the north. Go look in your map and see if the north, coming from the north, coming down, and you right to Palestine. And then Psalm 83, coming from the north, going towards Israel, you have to pass through Islamic territories. God named the country, go there please, Psalm 83, God named the people who will attack the nation of Israel. Now, church, you need to know this. This could happen tomorrow. It may happen we can't have church tomorrow because martial law takes over the country. Things could happen. The people that know their God will be strong in times like these. Those who don't know their God are going to perish. Hello? Now, Psalm 83, go there and look. Who are the nations coming? It named them the Hagarines, the Edomites, all these other countries. Amen. With Isaac and Keturah's boys coming against Israel to make her cease to be a nation. Even Amalek. You know who Amalek is? Grandson of Esau. Yes. What's her goal? To do what God says cannot happen. God says it can't happen. Now, the amazing Psalm 83 says, Israel will cease to be a nation by these countries. 
threats, and God says it will never what happen. Israel should take comfort in the Scripture and not in our weapons, because our weapon will not save her. That's why, of necessity, the United States, which is the eagle in the Bible, must forsake Israel down the road somewhere. When all nations, mean all nations, abandon her, then God has come and save her. Are you with me? Hello. Now, you have to understand, church, that when you read those scriptures, you see it today in the news, the coming invasion of Russia, because I believe somewhere down the line, it's possible Israel, out of fear, may attack, as no, Iran. Syria, Libya, Ethiopia, and all these confederates are going to be involved. The Lord named them. You hear about them in the news. Don't walk like an ostrich. Witness. Witness. Tell the people, the Lord cometh. How do you know it? Look around. Look at the nations. The signs of the times are telling us that Christ is coming. Now, in Second Thessalonians, chapter 1 and 2, we're told about the delusion and the lies that this guy called the beast, the man of sin, is coming in the world. I believe the number 666 is already ready to be released when it's time. I believe the system is already working. And here's what I'm in church. If it goes to me, to the book of Revelation, no, sure. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. Go there, please. Turn your Bible. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. Why do I want to get turned to the Bible? That your faith may stand in the Word of God. And you can show that your Bible is accurate and correct and it's up to date. Your Bible does not need be uh, uh, rewritten. It be reread. Stay with me, folks. Stay awake. All right. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. You are in chapter 3 and you're about to go in chapter 4. Right now. You are, you are sitting on the precipice of chapter 3 about a Right over chapter 4. In chapter 4, God is going to call the church home. Come up a little higher, and you're going to be sitting on thrones with Jesus, with crowns upon your head, and the white robes given to you, because you've inherited all the promises He made in those first three chapters. Now, why is He going to do that? He's going to do that before World War III starts. God said you're not going to go through great tribulation. Church, I must prove that to you. We've got guys trying to tell you you're going to go through it. You're not going to go through it. If you had to, we would have to. Then it would be fine. But it's not a probability. It's not going to happen. Okay? Now, once you're in chapter 4, you are, <coughs> you are in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. Notice that. There is a difference between the judgment seat of Christ in chapter 5 then the white throne judgment in chapter 20. In chapter 5, you're there to receive your reward. Your works follow you there. Then in chapter 20, and through the seals, you're going to help him judge the world. You guys still here? Either you're sleeping on me or you're awake. It's listening with intensity. Which one is it? Tell me quickly. You're listening. All right. Who's in there sleeping? I'm going to possibly put a bed back there somewhere. Okay, now. 
So, chapter 6 is where you and us are going to watch Jesus Christ open up the seals. That's what Paul told the church in Thessalonica. That there's somebody who's holding the horses. Now, you see, open the horse race. The horse says, want to race, and they can't run because somebody's got to open the, the gate. If the gate is not open, they can't run. Well, when he opened the seals, he opened the gate, and he does that systematically. First, he opened the first gate, and the horse gets out there on the world, right? Then number two, so there's a guy, which is a line peace treaty system, and a bow, no arrow, meaning conquer the world without an arrow, without war, right? Lying to them. That's the Antichrist, which is diplomacy. But after him come the other guy in red riding a horse for war. Are you with me? Horse is symbolic of war. Donkey is symbolic of peace. Jesus Christ first came to us right on the colt of an ass in Matthew, right? But in Revelation, he come riding on a what? A horse for war. Horses are for war. And donkeys are for peace. So he came with the peace in the first time with a, with a in his hand what? Palm leaves. Next time, come with a sword on the horseback. So when he released those white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and they're released in, in, a, in a distinct order, then the world is now in a conflagration of wars. When the ambassadors are gone, then these things are released. These are the same horses you read in Zechariah chapter 1 and 2. Hello? On the earth. When that happened, chapter 7 of Daniel, verse 1 and 2, the four major world power will be striving on the Mediterranean Sea. Look at it. Turn there, please. Daniel 7, 1 to 2. The four, what? Beasts strove on the Mediterranean Sea. How would have been there? We've been there in the Mediterranean Sea. Have we not been there? Where is that? Turkey? You follow Turkey? Egypt to where? Close to Iran? Somalia and all those countries? And Israel is not too far away. Is that right? Hello? You folks have been there with me. Hello? And then you got the Caspian Sea and all that. Not too far away. So, who are the four world power? Hello? We'll talk more about them, but they're going to strive when the church is gone. And then we're chatting all this. Look in chapter 9 of Revelation. Chapter 9, the whole chapter is where Satan going to bring this what? From the abyss, all the dirty angels that are <laughs> locked up in the abyss for all the century, released upon the earth, and they're going to bring that red dragon to the river Euphrates. Hello? Where are they going? In the Middle East to do what? To join battle with the Antichrist and the world. Back there fighting. And then we see in chapter 16, Revelation. All right? The nations are all joined together in war because of deception of the beast and the false prophet. Look at verse 12 to 15. I'm hurrying here, please. I know it's too much, but please get the tape and listen to it. All right? Verse 12 to 15, Revelation 16. What happened here? We see... All the nations of the earth come to fight the battle. I'm going to stop here because I see 
It's going to be too much for you. We'll continue on this. Is that all right? Let's all stand. I am not through. I am not through. But we will come back to this. Hello? Folks? We look at this. Can I show you something here? I want to show you something on the floor here. The wars, we have not touched this. But the wars will be fought in this divine order. That is World War Three. Gog and Magog, which is Russia. Do you know for the last ten years, Russia was quiet? I mean, they knew that. And all of a sudden, she rose up. She don't control it. God does. God struck up the kings of the earth. I said, God struck up the kings of the earth. When they gang up on Jesus Christ... That was the will of God. It was predetermined it should happen. And Jesus knew that. The king of the earth were against them, right? And they bruised him. <laughs> All right. God and Magog will come from the north upon Israel once this peace treaty is signed. So I'm saying within the next year or two, if Israel signed a peace treaty, expect an invasion. Russia being a guard for the Islamic nations who will not be pleased with the treaty signed. And they'll attack Israel and lose. God's going to put it in the mouth, the mind of Russia to do it, and then defeat them and only leave one sixth of their army. Why one sixth? Because God's going to need it again in chapter 20 of Revelation. One more time. Is that right? When God and Magog come one more time, then fire come and burn them up. Is that right? When the earth is led by one. One last false kingdom left after the millennium is over. It's going to be Gog and Magog. And God's going to use them to attack the land of Palestine one more time. Then fire come and destroy it. And that's the end of the world for that period. Now look at this. We see heaven. There's a war in heaven over Israel. In Revelation 12:7, there the beast and the dragon attack Israel. Because God kicked him out of heaven. Hello? God kicked the devil out and he attacked who? Israel. Hello? In the 12th chapter. The woman in chapter 12 is actually Israel. Facing Psalm 83 and Revelation 12, 17. Israel's in trouble, which always she turns. Then the saints. Now, here's what got problem here. This word saints, folks. Please put in perspective. There is no church from Genesis to Malachi. This church that we're in never existed. I wish it never existed. From Genesis, from Exodus to Malachi, they have the Passover. <coughs> what do we have? The Lord's Supper. They celebrate Passover. We celebrate what? The Lord's Supper. Different from theirs. There is a real meal. Ours is not a meal. Ours is a memorial token of Christ's death and resurrection. Now, saints back here, Daniel was called a saint or a fig. I got some things to show you about the fig tree. going to blow your mind off, friend. I mean, I'm going to show you something about the fig. 
And so we got the right teaching on who the thing is. Now, saints mean all the saved Israelis. They call them saints coming out of Tima, out of Egypt. Right? They were called saints. All saints, the word saints mean, it means holy ones. Look it up. Saints mean holy ones. And we didn't get started until Acts chapter 2. When I build my church. Right? Now, Moses and Elijah will be faced off with the beast, the Antichrist. And the last war will be with the Lamb. So, in this order, war will be fought. First, God. Then war in heaven. Then war against Israel after the peace treaty is signed. And then a remnant. Then war with Moses and Elijah. Then they're going to fight against the Lamb, and he'll be declared the winner. Awesome. And the effect of the wars fought with Jesus will be Joel chapter 3, 9 to 18, Zechariah 14, 1 to 12, 2 Peter 3, 10 to 12. When they fought, fight with Jesus, that will be the impact of that war. Oh, church, I'm telling you. You know, I hear the world speaking, I said, man, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, folks, we got this tape here. Uh, you know, I watched it on the rack for many days. When I were in your place, I would love to hear this. In the continuity where I could put the jigsaw together. Never did happen. Now, you have it. You need to know. You need to tell the world what is happening. You need to tell them what time it is and where we are, where we're going. And what's going to happen to those who are left behind? Why Jesus said, pray that you become the word of escape. Church, I know you got your family. And I know you got your job, your bivocation and all that good stuff. But, beloved, only one thing really matters. You being ready to leave when Jesus Christ called. Because you don't want to be here. This earth is destined for destruction. Hello? Malachi says going to... Burn like an oven. You don't want to be here. And that's not hell itself. That's not even lake of fire. <laughs> Hello? That's just earth itself in the conflagration of the impact of wars. Amen. They're going to fight Jesus, but they're going to lose. They're fighting you now because Christ is in you. How it happened? It war against your spirit. You're warring with temptation. Temptation is a war. When you have temptation, it's a war. The devil is fighting against you. You're fighting the, the spirit of Antichrist. Now, if you give in to it, possibly if you do, when you finish it, it brings forth what? Death. When sin is completely satisfied, it brings death. So you resist. And Paul says, you have not yet, some of you, resist unto blood. In some countries they do. They lay their lives down. Are there any questions on this side? I know it was a lot of information, but if you can get the basic understanding messages. You don't belong here. You are a witness here. And war is going to be. And that war is going to take place. You can't stop it. These guys can't prevent it. They want to prevent it, but they can't. Anybody on this side? I don't believe any of you over this side right here. Over this side here? The question? I saw your hand up there. I want to go. No? 
Was your hand up, Sister? Sister, was your hand up? Oh, you were just gesticulating, were you? Okay. Anybody else? Well, Lord, you know these people don't understand what they say they do. Forgive them for their lies. Have mercy on them, Jesus. <laughs> but maybe someday they hope to do it. But Lord, help them understand the Word of God. 